Hey, my name is Cindra Kampoff, and I'm a small town Minnesota gal, Minnesota nice as we like to say it, who followed her big dreams. I spent the last four years working as a mental coach for the Minnesota Vikings, working one-on-one -on -one with the players. I wrote a best-selling book about the mindset of the world's best, and I'm a keynote speaker and national leader in the field of sport and performance psychology. And I am obsessed with showing you exactly how to develop the mindset of the world's best so you can accomplish all your goals and dreams. So I'm over here following my big dreams and I'm here to inspire you and practically show you how to do the same. And you know, when I'm not working, you'll find me playing Miss Pac-Man. Yes, the 1980s game, Miss Pac-Man. So take your notepad out, buckle up, and let's go. This is the high performance mindset. Once you become fearless, your life becomes limitless. Jamie Poloniti once said, limitations only live in our minds. But if we use our imaginations, our possibilities become limitless. And Monica Coleman, who I interviewed today about being limitless, said limitless is an idea. All possibilities are there. Welcome to the High Performance Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sandra Kampoff. I am an executive and performance coach, a keynote speaker, and the author of the best-selling book, Beyond Grit. And I'm grateful that you are here. If you know that mindset is essential to your success, then you are in the right place today. And today I interview Monica Coleman, all about energy and becoming limitless. She is the founder of Inside Information Coaching and Consulting and the architect of the Limitless Methodology. As an athlete herself, in fact, an elite golfer, Monica has always been intrigued by the link between mindset performance and leading a successful and satisfying life. Her work over the last 15 years with athletes and executives really create a view of the challenges inherent in both high achievers in both their personal and professional lives. As a certified professional coach since 2009, Monica meets clients where they are to help them create a successful path to the lives that they thought were unattainable. She's crafted the Limitless Methodology, which we talk about in today's episode, to apply the principles in various settings with a larger scope to help more people unlock the top performer that resides within them. My favorite parts of this episode is when she talks about perfection and how each of us are perfect just the way that we are. And in this episode, Monica and I talk about what it means to be limitless, strategies that you can use to become limitless, her peak acronym and how we can use it, why reducing our judgment is really important to our performance, and how intention, expectation, and attachment intersect, and how our ego contributes to our performance. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to share this with a friend. Take a screenshot and share it with a friend or post it on social media and you can tag Monica and I. And for the full show notes, along with a transcription of the interview, you can head over to cindracampoff.com slash 429 for episode 429. If you haven't already, head over to Facebook and you can join our High Performance Mindset community over there where we go live with these episodes and these interviews. And the cool thing about that is you can leave us any questions and comments as we are live so that we can answer them live. So you can find us over on Facebook just by searching High Performance Mindset Community or wherever you're listening to this, you can look at the show notes. For example, if you are on an iPhone, you can just go to the show notes by scrolling up on the episode and you can find the link there for the Facebook community. All right, without further ado, let's bring on Monica. Monica, thank you so much for joining me here on the High Performance Mindset Podcast. How is your morning going? My morning is going great. Thank you for having me here. This is a great start to my day. It's always nice to be out of the gates with a lot of energy. So um, I'm looking forward to having our conversation today. I am as well. And I know we're going to talk about a lot of things that can really be very powerful for people in terms of their performance and in their life. And maybe just to get us started, Monica, tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about and what you're doing right now. Okay, so what I'm passionate about is it's always been twofold. I, I'm athletic. I've always been 
very athletic. As a matter of fact, the two flow experiences I've had, one has been playing golf and the other was skiing. Um, so though that's the way I tend to experience my life is through physical activity. Um, so I am about to start my golf season. I am very close. Uh, two years ago when the USGA were still running championships, I was the first alternate nationwide. If anybody had tripped or <laughs> fallen ill, I would have been the person who got to go to the championship. So I was waiting. So I'm hoping to return uh, to that this year because now the championships are running again. And in addition to that, I also have a coaching company that um, I call Inside Information Coaching and Consulting. And my primary product that I use is Limitless. Um, I use that for all sorts of performers uh, across the board. So it's not just athletes, it's also executives and people who are trying to perform in relationships, um, sometimes people who are in transition, either changing jobs or changing, changing significant others um, in their lives. So uh, Limitless is a particularly useful vehicle for people who really want to not just make the external changes that sometimes life requires, um, but really want to do some internal work at the same time. Uh, because I always say the one thing that you take with you everywhere is you. So if you're going to invest in something, that's probably the one that'll show the greatest return. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to dive into more about your background, but I want to start with what is Limitless to you, because that's really what the topic of today is. Right. So Limitless is, as I was going through coach training and getting a wonderful background at energy that I got from IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, um, I learned a lot about how people show up. And as I was learning about that, I realized that people really don't understand that we're here playing a game and that ego has a tendency to come in and create uh, ideas about what can and can't be. And in reality, all possibilities exist always. So this idea that we're limited is just that, an idea. It's absolutely not the truth, and quantum physics would tell you that. So there's plenty of science out there for people who love the science um, to help us understand that what we really, what, what is really the truth is we don't know. And so to limit ourselves doesn't make any sense. And the idea of being a, a small little baby, right, perfect little being comes in. You don't have a lot of that slapped on you. You're essentially a blank canvas, but then people start throwing paint at your canvas. Well, and by the way, when you're little, you're not throwing the paint, they're throwing the paint, but you develop an ego that then sort of feeds on itself. And then consequently, we end up thinking the same things all the time and become very limited. Um, so the idea of limitless is to remove some of that and to give people the ability to create their own mindset and beyond that, their own belief structure about what this life is. So if I'm thinking that life is, I, you know, I grow up, I get good grades, I go to college, I get married, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. That's fine. You're on a path, but you don't understand that there are a multitude of other paths that you could be on. And when people get knocked off the path, all of a sudden they're like, what do I do now? I'm not on the path. And, and you know, it's this, um, I think it's a mind bending time for most people where all of a sudden they're like, whoa. So transition is a time where limitless becomes particularly applicable. And it's also applicable to people who, um, who know they've got more inside of mm -hmm. them that they're not exploring. And I mm -hmm. get that. Uh, I don't get that all the time, but I get it fairly frequently with executives, people who are immensely successful. But part of the reason they're so successful is because they're curious and yeah. people just want to take themselves out for a spin and think, okay, how could I be on this, on this ride, you know, if life's an amusement park, I'm on a ride, right? And I'm having a great time. I love my ride, but what other rides are out there, right? So I get those people too. I love it. I love the idea of removing these hurdles, internal hurdles in particularly, and how that we're maybe conditioned to think that life is, has limits, but really that it is limitless. So Monica, what would you tell us to be kind of the first start of helping us understand um, that our life is limitless or our performance is limitless as well? Well, I think one of the first things is to understand that you're not who you are, <laughs> who you think you are rather. So, okay. so you, Sindra, are, are, uh, you were that perfect little baby and you came into life and Sindra has been created over the years, right? It's the same with Monica, but there's another part of us there's a part of us that can observe Syndra and Monica. 
And that part of us is probably the most important asset that you have or ability. And in you, because you're human, it's one of those things that we have as humans. Not every other species can do that, and we can. So we have the ability to look and see, okay, so what am I, Monica, actually believing? So I kind of can pull out of myself. For those who meditate, it's yeah. essentially that experience, but you can do it in the moment. You don't have to just be sitting there in a meditative state. You can actually observe yourself and go, oh, I'm feeling this, or I'm thinking that, or, and wow, what's that? <laughs> and is that what I want to think or feel? And now all of a sudden I have my power back. You know, now I'm really questioning anything that limits me because there's mm-hmm. no sense in limiting yourself. It does take practice. It's, it's funny. It's one of the simplest things to do but people just don't think about doing it. It's not like it's rocket science, uh, but it's hard in a way that it's, it's a habit and it, it's one that you want to create in life so that you have the ability to look at it. Now, in the moment when I'm out skiing and I'm moving really fast, I'm not necessarily thinking that much. I'm more with everything. But in flow moments, what happens is this person, Monica, sort of disappears and what happens is I become one in skiing with the terrain. It, it's just a, it's a whole different experience. You become one with the mountain. You literally are aware that your body is doing things, but you're not, Monica is not in control. That was one of the big things I got from the flow experiences. It's not about control. It's about flowing with what's there and seeing what the possibilities are as you're moving through it. Um, I'm thinking about being more automatic, right? And sometimes we can overthink. uh, And that's one of the barriers I see in terms of kind of of limitless, Mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about, if it's in our, our, our life or in our performance, what are the barriers that you see, Monica, getting in the way of people's um, limits or believing they're limitless? Well, the primary one is ego, because ego is where all the judging goes on. Um, yeah. It's where expectation and attachment lie. Uh, and and ego is not a bad thing. If, if I didn't have an ego, I wouldn't be able to have the experience that I'm having. I have to be separate in order to have an experience. So if I'm one with everything all the time, now there's not really a separate experience if I don't acknowledge my individual, right? So you have to have both in order to have an experience. So consciousness is um, is everything, right? And, and when we're with everything, we're part of that. Um, so yes, there's this loss of self that happens in flow. But at the same time, if I want to have an emotion, it's going to be my emotion, right? So, you know, I think we, we have to have, we have to have both pieces. Um, and so while ego gets in the way, and it causes most of the difficulty, it's also what allows us to have an experience. So it's required But at the same time, if I can observe it, I can be as powerful as I can possibly be. So uh, those are judgment is probably the the first place that people start to comprehend when they start realizing how much judging they're doing. Uh, There's the ability to say, whoa, wow, (laughs) like I am limiting myself and the world is the world is especially our environment right at the moment, because there's so much divisiveness and and. what I'll call opposed thinking where we're just opposing each other all the time on things. It's, you know, this is right and that's wrong and this is good and that's bad. And uh, uh, it's like, wait a minute, lots of shades of gray here. Monica, I've been, uh, one of my goals at the beginning of the year was to reduce my judge because I I could see the ways that it got in my own way, particularly judging myself. Mm-hmm. And it's been pretty cool how I've been on this journey for the last uh, five months now and actually mm-hmm. I do see that it, I am reducing my own judge, but I, there was there was other things that happened that I wasn't expecting, such mm-hmm. as um, my relationship with my oldest son uh, got stronger because, like, I was judging myself less, and he then I was judging him less, you know. <laughs> right. And so it's really interesting how um, this judgment of self or others or our circumstances really do get in our way of of uh, really our potential, which I think is really what you're talking about. Well, and so here's the thing. Potential doesn't exist if, if you don't believe it's there or you're blocking it. It only exists mm-hmm. when you shift. 
And so you, you also know this from an energy perspective, when we shift our energy, which is what's happening, when we stop judging, there's an enormous shift in energy that goes on. And it not only impacts you, it impacts every single person that is around you and every relationship you have, not only to people, but also in a way to things. So, you know, when we're not judging the, you know, the image in the mirror, right, in the morning, right, <laughs> that's an example, um, all of a sudden, things change internally, right? So there's, there's all these mm-hmm. things that, uh, mm-hmm. that shift when you realize that you're judging because you've gone from believing something is one way to realizing that, oh my gosh, it's, it's not. It's, it is possible to look in that mirror and go, what an amazing, amazing body. It gets me where I need to go every day without fail. Unbelievable. Are you kidding me? The trillions of cells can do this instead of there's that wrinkle in my forehead or whatever else it is that you look at on your face. So, you know, there's, there's, it's just an an enormous difference um, for, especially with self-judgment, but also with things around you, relationships, you know, energy and trains. So Mm -hmm. when we stop judging, we shift our energy. We tend to be more anabolic, meaning more in growth mode. So when we're more anabolic than everything around us, it, it doesn't have a chance to be where it is. If, if you refuse to be down in the lower levels of energy, you have a tendency to bring everybody else up with you. So it all plays together. I would love to talk to you more about energy. And uh, I know that you um, did some work with Bush Schneider, who is the founder of IPEC. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the the things I want to talk to you a little bit about is in your, your work with golf. And you were telling me earlier about how uh, if you hit a golf ball with level one energy versus a different level of energy, there's a difference. And I'd love to kind of talk to you more about what you see there. And uh, so maybe just give us an overview of energy to start with for those people who haven't gone through IPEC or maybe aren't really haven't really thought too much about their own energy. Right, right. So energy is just um, the way you show up. Everything has an energetic signal. So everything in life is energy. Uh, the table that's the desk that's right in front of me is energy that's not moving very quickly. So it's solid. Um, there's an energy that most people, when they walk into a room, can feel. You feel the energy of the room. Yeah. Now that's not solid, right? So mm-hmm. energy is intangible. And what it does is it gives us a, a way to really look at how highly conscious are people? How limited are they, right? So lower levels of energies come with a lot of limitation. We call it catabolic energy because it's, it's a contracting energy. And a lot of people will, the judge is now on for a lot of people. Oh, you know, now catabolic energy is bad. Anabolic energy is good. Anabolic energy is more about growth and potential. So if that's what you want, then that's what you should use. Catabolic energy is about contracting because sometimes we need to do that in order to get away from danger, perhaps, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And sometimes we just, if we're conscious about it, sometimes we just want to create a situation where somebody will help us. So for example, if I've had a rough day and I walk through the door and my husband is standing there and I want some sympathy from him, I will moan about my day and turn on level one energy, which is essentially kind of in victim mode. And he'll rub my shoulders and say, oh, honey, and be nice to me and all the rest of that. So, so I have the ability to move through these levels. They're not good or bad. I would say in the lower levels, if we stay there too long, because there are catabolic hormone effects, literally physical effects in our body, it's not a great thing to stay there for an extended period of time because it doesn't serve you. Um, but so it's not good or bad. So let's not judge okay. the energy levels. Um, but those higher energy levels are where we have possibilities come into view. And what you notice as you go up the energy levels is that the amount of judging you're doing is markedly mm. decreased. Right. Mm-hmm. And so little by little by little, as we move through the energy levels and, and it's this energy, there's a wonderful assessment called an energy leadership, energy leadership index assessment. And that assessment allows you to see where your energy is. I highly recommend it for people who are curious about this and want to increase their level of consciousness. If you're looking to increase your level of consciousness, studying energy is a very good idea. Um, but there's a, this assessment tells you where your energy is. And the, your energy is a lot like the stock market. It's all over the place all day long. So nobody's just, you're not a, just a level five energy. 
or you're not just a level one energy. You know, it's not like that. You have all the energy levels because we're human, we all do. And you have the capacity to be in any of them. Uh, but you may not visit some of them as frequently as you might like. And the more you know about it, the easier it is to see it. And that observer gets stronger and more knowledgeable. And consequently, you understand what that intangible thing is when you walk into a room. And now yeah. you understand not only your energy, but you can read it around mm-hmm. you very readily. It makes you far more powerful for leaders. It is a perfect way to become a more highly conscious leader. That's wonderful, Monica. I took the assessment. Uh, I have a good friend who went through IPEC coaching and I took it, I don't know how long ago, maybe maybe about four months ago. And it was really eye-opening for me. It's something that I've been really working towards um, in general, but it was really cool to see how I, I scored on that, right? Mm-hmm. And right. Um, uh, even though it's something that I've been really conscious of. Uh, so when you think about performance, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're performing with like level one energy, which is more mm-hmm. of the victim, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the higher levels of energy, tell us how you see that impacting, like, let's say athletic performance and golf, since you're a very incredibly high level golfer, and you work with a lot of golfers, as well as other performers. Mm-hmm. So I think that the way the way of understanding energy is is to and it's it's where I have gone with limitless is to mm-hmm. take the concepts of energy and understand what's changing when we move from one energy level to the next. So there's a lessening of judgment. And the other major change is that the self, the sense of self is dramatically different. So when I'm in the lower energy levels, I don't I don't feel as powerful as I do in the higher ones. So from an egoic perspective, and when I reach the highest energy levels, the I that I am really isn't there in the same way. And that's, that's the experience I had with flow both times. So when I am, and I have tons of golfers that I'm working with right now, because it's, you know, that time of year where everybody's in because the season is about to start. And so I am working with uh, a lot of them and people are coming in wanting to play better. They, they really want to have that thing. They're, they've worked on their skill. They've worked on their physical stuff. They're drinking and the right stuff. They're eating the right stuff. They're getting enough sleep. I mean, they're doing all the things they can do to play better golf. And then they get out there and it's like, where did it go? I had it on the range and now it's gone. Yeah. So they're having that experience of, I don't, I don't like this feeling. And so, so what, what you need to understand about energy when you study energy is not only the, the energy levels and about judging, but you have to understand what's going on with ego. I teach a whole class in Limitless on ego. So mm. the lower levels, I don't believe that I'm powerful. I don't believe I can make a change. So mm. consequently, I'm not making one, right? Yeah. And, and so then as we move up the energy levels, ego gets stronger. So ego's weak in those lower energy levels. Ego gets stronger. Now I believe I'm all that, uh-huh, uh-huh, right? I can do this. And that's an awesome place to play from. I am, you know, it's great. People talk about confidence all the time. They want more confidence standing over a shot that's got to go over water 200 yards, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, I get it. I don't, nobody wants to hit it in the water. But that, again, is that ego coming to bear and wanting to have that confidence. Once we move into highest energy levels, the self really starts to disappear. Mm. Ego starts to disappear. And consequently, fear isn't there. There isn't any. And there's nothing I need to be. There's a sense of, wow, what do you mean? I'm, I am unique unto myself. And that is one of the definitions of perfect. Mm. So we're already perfect. There's no need to be anything. Hmm. So if I'm standing over a tough shot, if I don't need it to go somewhere, I'm not going to create any tension. Hmm. And if I don't create any tension, and particularly in golf, if I don't create any tension, that's a great thing. Uh, and, and now I, can, I have access to all the potential, the physical and skill potential that I've built is now available to me. I'm not blocking it. Yeah. With tension. 
I'm thinking about uh, several high-level performance performers as I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking if you stand over the shot and you have no tension and there's no expectations and, and you already feel like you know that you're perfect, how that can be really freeing. And I'm thinking about people who are listening and they say, okay, Monica, I totally want to feel that way every day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's what I wanted to ask you is obviously this is a process um, Mm -hmm. to move up in energy levels, but you know, um, what are your thoughts on how do you get there? And I know you have a system called limitless that we can dive into. um, But what would your answer be to that question just to get us started? You know, the biggest, the biggest piece is what I touched on earlier about learning to turn on your observer. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. anything that, that you're, any emotion that you experience Mm -hmm. that comes in, is just a signpost. It's Mm -hmm. coming as a message. And the message is not that you're bad. It's Mm -hmm. not that you're broken. It's Mm -hmm. none of that. The message is, wow, I have a belief in there that's telling me this is scary. I have a belief in there that's telling me this is dangerous. I have a belief that's telling me, and don't get me wrong, there are times when things are dangerous and there are times when things are scary, but the vast majority of things that we face day in and day out are not. And so in turn, there's this story that gets built, right? Now, sometimes the stories are about what's going on right now. Other times the stories are about the future and there is no truth in the future. It hasn't happened yet. Okay. (laughs) So whatever story you're making up, make sure it serves you. Right. So what's the point of that? So my, my point in all of this is, is the easiest thing to do at the very beginning is just to turn on the observer and start to catalog or start to understand what's already in that brain of yours. As you sit there, you're the perfect sum total of every experience you had. Mm -hmm. And so the, you're not even responsible for what you believe, and especially the stuff that came in when you're a little person, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. understanding that, and I'm not saying going back and doing therapy. I'm saying just understanding that it's there. We don't need to know why it's there. We just need to know that, it, oh, it's there and it's a thing. And it might be a thing that I don't want to believe. Like maybe I don't want to understand myself as that limited being. Yeah. So, so maybe I'll just decide not to feel that way about it. And there are, and I tell the kids, especially the teens that I work with, because the parents, when I start talking about this, they're like, ah, no good, no bad, no right, no wrong. Ah, I know this kid under control. Very right? different than maybe what they've been conditioned to think. Exactly. And, but I also make the point, and it's the same for all of us, actions have consequences. When we throw a stone into the pond, there are ripples, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, there are going to be ripples. And know that there will be ripples, but decide, okay, am I willing to deal with whatever the consequence of that action is? Because the, the game of life has rules. And when you don't play by them, sometimes the responses you won't like. But to come at that decision from a fearful place or from a limited place doesn't allow you to see all the options. You know, for, for people, who, you know, people who deal with situations that are tough, that, that aren't going away, that are what do they do? Right. I, I, I get people who are older. I'm in a marriage. I'm not happy. Um, I have all this responsibility. And so I've got all this stuff and I can't do anything. Now we're victim to life. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's not the truth. You have a lot of choices. Yeah. That's why coaching people who are in transition is so, is very gratifying because once you open their minds, it's not like I can go change the circumstances of people's lives. I don't change the circumstances of people's lives. I do change the way they're thinking about them and what they believe. And then, then they go out and they change everything in life that they want to change. So uh, I love everything that you're saying so far. And I'm thinking the thing that's kind of hitting home with me most is this idea of perfect and just be, you know, um, mm-hmm. knowing that you're perfect just the way you are, because I mm-hmm. think there's so much judgment judgment that we can have of ourselves and our, our circumstances. Um, Monica, I want to talk a little bit about your system limitless and um, mm-hmm. 
I, I love the modules you have. I'm going to read off some of them and then we can dive into some of these ideas. But you have a module on judgment, another one on intention, expectation and attachment, a third one on ego, a fourth one on consciousness, energy basics, um, the process, 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 which uh, I agree with, confidence, um, creating your experience are some of the modules. Let's let's talk a little bit about intention, expectation and attachment. Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of describe uh, stop shooting all over yourself, <laughs> which I think is awesome. Um, and I'm thinking in performance there, you know, you're, you know, you want to do well, or I'm thinking about a lot of athletes I work with who want to do really well, and maybe they are attached, sure. their, their self is attached to their performance mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. struggle, um, especially times where they don't perform up to their expectations. Sure. So tell us a little bit about intention, expectation, and attachment, and uh, what you think is most important there? Well, the most important piece is intention, because intention is what you want to set, and intention is what allows the energy to start flowing in a particular direction. So it's important, you know, if, if, you know, if you don't have a goal in mind, then you'll end up driving all over the place, right? You've got to have a destination that you're reaching for. Um, however, generally speaking, people set goals and people really understand the process at this point of setting goals. They've got pretty good at it. People know what smart goals are. They have a tendency yeah. to want to jump right into that and have these great goals. And I personally am one to set the high bar. I love having a high bar out there because I don't get attached to it. So if I'm not attached to it, whether I get there or not, is not going to create a lot of catabolic energy for me and a lot of unhappiness. So I, um, I like goals. I think they're important, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, they would, I would prefer, and, and I do a whole class on goal setting. Limitless goals are just intentions. They're an intention for what you intend to do, right? And there's a whole class on process, 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 because the really in the end, the process is the goal and the goal is the process, right? So there's really no difference between the two. And there's this sense of I'm working towards something, but it's actually the work that is the goal itself, right? If, if we do the work, we will get an outcome. It's, it's a foregone yeah. conclusion. It's, it's just the, the people put this goal and that's where expectation and attachment come in because all of a sudden I've got a goal. I call expectation and attachment peanut butter and jelly. They're almost always together. If I find one, I find the other. They're usually, I've got an expectation and, an, and the reason I've got an expectation is because I've got all attached to something. Um, that's where intention, it's softer. It's, intentions are a little bit softer than goals. That doesn't mean they aren't clear. They're, they are pinpoint accurate in terms of clarity. That's very important. But at the same time, I want to intend that but also understand that this is a process and there'll be lots of things that come in that I didn't even know existed as possibilities because everything exists as a possibility in the quantum field. Life is limitless. So we can't anticipate. We can set a course and then go and see what happens. Right. But expectation and attachment when it comes to athletics or for leadership, when you're in meetings, Mm -hmm. when you're in a situation where you're going to be thinking on your feet, Mm -hmm. expectation and attachment are killers. So if I came into this, this podcast today and had a lot of expectation and attachment about what this is going to do, I wouldn't be available to our conversation in the way that I am. I had no expectations about what we were going to be talking about. I provided you with some information. I have no idea where you're going to go with it. And I'm perfectly happy to be that way. There's no prep I need to do with it other than making sure my mind is clear and my energy is where I want it. Otherwise, you know, that, then I just show up and I talk. Um, So I I think that it allows life to flow Mm -hmm. and, it caused, we have, uh, when I'll never, Bruce coined this phrase and, and I'll never forget it when he said it, there's effortless power and powerless effort. If we want effortless power, we're not trying to control life. We're moving with it, right? We have an intention. We have, uh, we have a clear view of what it is we're intending, right? Yeah. But then we're going to move with what is. That's how it become effortless, becomes effortless power. Otherwise, we're trying to control the things around us all the time. And inevitably, that comes from fear. It's a fear-based behavior to try and control everything around you all the time. 
I am thinking about this word trust as I'm listening, mm-hmm. you know, like trust in when you just were talking about this interview and you're like, all I need to do is clear my mind and be in my, you know, cannabolic energy. And then, you know, I'm just kind of thinking about trusting, right. and especially high level performers. They've had spent years and years mastering their craft. And then <laughs> sometimes they push or press or try too hard. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking about this idea of expectation and attachment is peanut butter and jelly. Do you think like, does expectation come first and then attachment? And how would you help somebody uh, unravel that? Well, a lot of that, it's interesting because again, I get a lot of golfers and, and I actually like sports, especially with the teens, because it's a very easy way to get into this. With adults, uh, we're usually dealing with a pain point over something or yeah. Uh, with the high performers, the ones who really don't have any pain when they come in, um, we're, we're trying to understand where they're limiting themselves. So usually I look at where the judgment is and where we're bumping up against something. So, or where is something that I want? So if there's mm-hmm. something that I want that I don't have, then we've got to figure out what the process is for new maneuvering. And in, in doing that, inevitably, you will bump up against people's uh, attachments and expectations that they already have. So one of the one of the things that when it comes to uh, performing, let's I'm going to go back to golf. People create tension in their bodies when they have expectation and attachment, and so it's getting back to what do I want? And mm-hmm. and when I ask people, why do you why do you want what you want? What's underneath that? What's creating that for you? So they'll tell me, well, I want. I want to play good golf. I want to win. Again, I want to win all the time. All right. That's a, yeah, normal, that's a normal expectation or attachment. Um, and interestingly, I'm working with an 18-year-old girl right now who has, and this is a phenomenal statistic, she has won five out of the seven golf tournaments she's entered this spring. And we, we started working together in January, and it is remarkable. She has, a, she has enormous skill, right? Um, Nobody wanted her from a D1 school, which is unbelievable to me uh, because she's very, very talented, but she was newer. So they didn't really know her. So now they know her because I think she's ranked, uh, she's definitely top five in the country right at the moment, but I don't know, you know, I don't know exactly where she is. But anyway, the bottom line is looking, um, when I, when I work with people who are talented and, and most of the people I work with are extremely talented. It's removing the, I want to win piece and getting them to the, if I do these things, if I follow a process and I don't get attached to the outcome, which by the way, you don't control winning. No, it's out of your control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, Mm -hmm. that's a false thing to choose is Mm -hmm. the, it really is about what experience do you want to have? And what I, what I get to when I dig down and you ask a lot of questions to get there in the coaching, when you're individually coaching Mm -hmm. somebody. When I dig underneath that, why do we want to win? It all comes back to ego. Ego wants to feel good. Ego wants to know it's good enough. Mm -hmm. Ego wants not to be embarrassed. You know, ego wants all these things. And so expectation and attachment are born out of that. And when you were asking me earlier about what really gets in the way, it's that, right? But we can't have an experience without ego, So it's being able to be with an ego that wants these things and wants to feel certain things and believes that it can be more and believes that it can be, is terrified that it can be less, right? That's right. So getting around that and getting people to really truly believe that if I win this tournament, I'm not more. If I lose this tournament, I'm not less. Now I can be out there and enjoy myself. It would be like me coming to this call and thinking this is going to either make or ruin my career. Uh, really? <laughs> like, wow, how much pressure? I wouldn't be able to put two words together. It, it, right. just, it, it serves no purpose. The truth is, as we, if we really want to do something, I don't care what it is, if you want to become the best leader you can become, and you want to be able to stand up and, and run wonderful meetings with people, the more you do it, the better you will become. And you've, the way to become better is to turn on your observer, take a look at what you did, decide what you'd like to do differently. But none of that has to do with your value. Your value is not going to be more because you ran a great meeting and less if you didn't. Yes, the game of life might pay you more because you're good at running meetings. But don't confuse that with your value. 
Yeah. And I see a lot of high level athletes connect their value to their performance. Right. So I do some work with um, Olympians who are training for Tokyo this summer in a couple, a couple of months. Right. And um, at least in track and field, they have to go through the trials, which is in the United States at the end of June. So there's a lot of pressure kind of leading up to that, or there can be a lot, especially now with COVID, there's kind of less um, meets that they can kind of, you know, go out there and uh, compete. Eden. Um, and I'm thinking about, um, you know, how it's really easy to attach, oh, yeah. you know, your performance with um, your worth mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. even the way that you get um, uh, comments from others. You might oh, get in tons. the media, right? Yeah. So you're sort of yeah. having to work against maybe uh, how the system is built so that yes. you don't see your value based yes. on your performance. A hundred percent. Cinder, you're hitting the nail right on the head. That is absolutely, absolutely what happens with athletes. And, you know, in the game of Olympic athletes, if I'm playing the Olympic athlete game, like I'm on the Olympic athlete ride, right? That's what I'm doing. It's the same for me when I have, there's only one mm-hmm. qualifier to get me into the national championship. I either mm-hmm. play well or I don't, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of, oh my gosh, there's only one opportunity. And if I don't do well now, woo, right? But here's the question. And this is the best question for anybody to ask themselves. Is there anything else you'd rather be doing with your life? Really? And they would say, no, I love this. (laughs) Right, exactly. So is there any better use of your life, right? I have this with uh, people Mm. who are aspiring professional golfers, right? And I had one. And as you were saying, the whole world was saying, maybe you should quit. Maybe you should mm-hmm. stop. You're getting older. You haven't made it, blah, blah, blah. And, and he came to me in one meeting. He said, you know, I'm just getting so much pressure from the outside. And I said to him, and he, and he was starting to believe maybe I'm wasting my life. Uh-huh. That's the whole thing. If you're pursuing what you want to pursue and you can find a way to, in the game of life, support yourself and do what you need to do how else would you spend your life? Right. And there will be a time for all athletes. There is, and not only athletes, but I would say corporate athletes, there will be a time where you won't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it will be time to do something else. Right. Mm -hmm. But for now, Mm -hmm. and, and this is where limitation comes in because, okay, now I'm older and I have a house and I have kids and I have two dogs and I have whatever else. And I have all this responsibility and all these financial commitments, right? So how do I make a change? Just because it might take a lot of maneuvering to make the change doesn't mean that you can't. Absolutely. So, and it's the same things mm-hmm. with the athletes. If, if you try for your athletic years to reach that goal and you don't get there, that doesn't make you worth less. You no. went out and you lived your life the way you wanted to. What better use of a lifetime is there than that? Really? Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about intention and expectation and attachment, I mentioned that part of your module tool two is named uh, stop shooting all over yourself. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that and how that connects with expectation and attachment. And the way I'm kind of thinking about it is that people might say, well, I should have done that, or I should do this. Mm-hmm. And um, what should we, what should we do instead of using the word should in your opinion? Well, I think when something happens, I have something called the peak process. It's perform, evaluate, adjust, and key into what was important, right? Okay. So perform, mm-hmm. collect the data, right? Mm. And we're gonna and we're gonna evaluate the data. We're not gonna judge the data. Mm. All right. So mm-hmm. shooting is usually judging. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good. I should have, mm-hmm. right? Um, or I should do it this way. If it's, if it's future oriented, I should do it means that I have a belief that there's a right way to do it. And part of me thinks, oh, maybe I don't want to, right? So, so there's a little bit of a disagreement going on in there, which is great. That's an eye opener. So when you hear the word should, you want to start paying attention because there's something in there that, it, again, it's a signpost, like an emotion. It gives you the ability to say, what am I believing here? And is it really what I want to believe? Um, mm. So so that's where I think shoulding is an important piece of expectation attachment because it shows you if I, if it's, if it's post tense, right. If I'm doing the, when I'm doing the evaluating, if I find myself jumping into, I should have and judging, I know that I had an expectation and an attachment, right? So if I'm not, instead of creating the expectation and attachment, what I'd like to do is go in with it, with a crystal clear intention. So 
for a at the top of a at the top of a ski run for example to have the intention of i am just going to allow my feet to tell me when to turn i'm not going to try and control anything that goes on during this run i'm going to move with the mountain right and allow that to tell me when to turn which is what i had in that flow experience it was the biggest piece of information that came out was that all the things i needed were already there and by trying to control things i was getting in the way so So it's this understanding when we're, when we're in that evaluation phase of peak that we want to evaluate what's there. And by setting a a clear intention for what we're doing and ahead of time, right? Then we can move into when we're actually performing, we can move into just letting things go. After we perform and we're evaluating, we're taking a look, we're keying in if there's any shooting going on there. We definitely want to uh, get rid of the judgment, understand where it comes from. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I, I if the other day, I forgot what I was doing. I caught myself saying, oh, that was so stupid. And I thought, wow, that was judgment, right? I mean, I, I'm human. I, just because I know all this does not mean that these exactly. things don't occur. I lived <laughs> a human life. So in turn, all these things happen to me too. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. And then I thought, well, what's that about? And I thought, you really don't have any tolerance for yourself sometimes when something you did was not the most intelligent thing in the moment. And then usually when I look at that, I realize that, oh, I was a little impulsive in my action that I took. And what I really, what I'm really saying to myself is maybe I want to slow down a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. It, if you take just a little time, it, it's not like, you know, we're a therapy session where we're going to spend a lot of time. It's just understanding, wow, what am I doing to myself? Because you're doing yeah. it in small pieces all the time. And in expectation and attachment, you catch little pieces of that, right? As you go through life, if your observer's on, it's mm. having that observer on that mm-hmm. is truly the key to sustainable mm-hmm. change, right? Monica, this is really good. So the, the peak performance evaluation what was the a and the k a adjust so adjust so we perform then we evaluate mm-hmm. so the evaluation tells us what adjustments we could make what are the possibilities then we pick one right and then we key into what became the most important thing because once we look at the adjustments mm. that could be made yeah. one or two of those is likely going to be the key for golfers you're going to go to the range and you're going to try and figure it out and then you'll also keep that with you as you perform the next time so it's it's a way to come about making change people have results right judgment comes in with results all the time we start judging Ugh, this you know that the amount of judgment that goes on i choked i this i that i hear it or you know i didn't i was so I was so mad at my child because they, you know, they did something and I really was just really angry. It was, I was such a bad parent at that kind of thing all the time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So now we've got mm-hmm. data. All right. That's yeah. just our data. It's, <laughs> it's not for judging. <laughs> I like what you said about signposts. It made me think about data or just seeing our emotions as information. It is. It's just information. And you have the opportunity to have something different if you want something different. And all of this is helping us raise our level of consciousness. And you used that word earlier, Mm -hmm. but for those people who maybe are unfamiliar with that word, how would you define it? It's just in my mind, being conscious is being aware. It's Mm -hmm. just that simple. It's the understanding to me, it's the understanding that life is limitless. All things exist, right? So at a high level of consciousness, I, I understand that I'm aware of that. And when I'm a highly conscious person in the moment, what it means is that my awareness is turned on, not only externally, not only am I observing, observing everything externally, I'm observing internally. And that's probably the most important observation because everything around us is just a stimulus for us, right? So what we turn the stimulus into tells us about us. Yes. And, and what somebody else turns a stimulus into. So when I walk into a room, I'm a stimulus. If I walk in and somebody says, ah, look at her, she looks so strange. That's not about me. Yeah, it's about that's them. true. And that's, what, that's another really important piece because people, egos get all wound up and worried about what everybody else thinks all the time. So again, you know, understanding that I'm, I'm responsible for the reactions or the responses that I have, they're created inside of me. They're not created by the, by the thing that I saw or the something that somebody said. Mm. 
So the responses are also limitless. So. Awesome, Monica. You've given us so many things to think about and really some great strategies. Um, and I love this idea of limitless and being perfect the way that we are and kind of seeing that perfection and mm -hmm. how many times we see all the things that we do wrong or all the things that we're not. So yeah. really great messages today. Um, I know you have a program called Limitless that people mm -hmm. can enroll in. So tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about the program, 10 modules, and just like what inclu what's included in there and then where people can find more information about that as well as your coaching. Sure. Um, so I have um, a website at redefineyounow.com. Um, it's easy to go there and learn about Limitless. Uh, that's a course that I teach um, probably about twice a year. I do take people through it individually if they want to. It's a little bit more expensive to do that. Um, it's 10 modules. It's uh, 10 weeks. We basically go to 10 weeks straight. Um, each class uh, has a period where I'm a PowerPoint presentation where I'm giving the information that's important. And then I leave time for question and answer at the end. And then the other thing that people get um, when they come to Limitless is I give them an assignment every week um, that they can do that will help them to, um, I call it a mastery exercise because we're always working toward mastery of whatever topic we're, we're working at. Um, so, and you know, mastery of course has no finish lines. So you can just keep going for a very long time with mastery. Um, so there's the 10 classes and there's work they do every week. Um, we go over the homework at the beginning of the class and then we go through a new concept. I answer questions at the end. And then once people have been through that, I highly recommend that people do that first because it's a lot less expensive than coaching with me individually. Although I am willing to take somebody through the course individually if they really want to do it. Um, so uh, then people can come in and, and have individual discussions about things that they want to do. Sometimes the classes aren't as full, so there's room for a little bit more individual discussion on a class. Um, but, you know, hopefully the classes are relatively large. So uh, because that's where it's priced, it's priced to be uh, a larger group. So it's uh, it really makes a difference. It, it, again, I said this earlier, um, Cindra, I think it's so important that if you're going to work on something, don't just develop the skill. Don't just develop your physique. Don't just develop um, all of the things you think you need to perform. Take a look at you the you that you think you are, because I can guarantee you 100% that the you that you think you are is a mirage, because you're really everything. And anything that's limiting you, that's getting in your way, it's, it's not necessary, and it could very well make the difference across the board for you. Because when I work with somebody on golf or on leadership, it doesn't just change their golf or their leadership, it changes their being. And in turn, it changes everything. So... Yeah. Wonderful, Monica. Well, I'm so grateful that you spent some time with us today, really helping us think about judgment and leadership and performance and energy. And the things I really enjoyed talking to you about uh, is this idea that um, potential doesn't exist unless we believe uh, in it. Right. And we right. talked about how limited is an idea and that all possibilities are there. Uh, yeah. We just need to really see that. We talked about the difference between uh, cannabolic and anabolic energy and how the ego is, is really judging. I loved your PEAK acronym to help us think about, um, you know, performing, but then evaluating and adjusting and then keying into the thing that we need to adjust. Um, and I, I just really appreciated what you're talking about related to expectations and attachment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I wrote down the word trust, <laughs> yeah. um, and trusting yourself and, and trusting um, that you have everything that you need inside you. So thank you so much, Monica, for your time today and for your energy and your commitment to helping everyone who's listening be their best today. You know what? Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure. It's very fun to speak with you and, and the podcast is wonderful. So good luck with it all. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. Way to go for finishing another episode of the High Performance Mindset. I'm giving you a virtual fist pump. Holy cow, did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, remember to subscribe and you can head over to Dr. Sindra for show notes and to join my exclusive community for high performers where you get access to videos about mindset each week. So again, you can head over to Dr. Sindra. That's D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A dot com. See you next week.